Welcome to my Christmas special. I'm Byron Tyler. Hey, today we're going to piece together a radio show that highlights the greatest gift any human can receive, no matter their profession, their economic status, their race, or their culture, wherever they live in any part of the world. You'll hear from various guests who have been featured on this radio show in the past. Some have a song to sing, a story to share, or a reflection of what this time of year means especially to them. Sit back and let's start the show. Every culture around the world is celebrating this event. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's helpful to remind, you know, one of the, the reasons why Christmas was started was because Christians looked uh, around at their culture and realized that this was a time when different cultures were actually engaged in idolatry and uh, celebrating uh, various festivities that were anti-Christian. And so some of the Christians were getting caught up in that, and the early church said, we we need to provide an alternative that is uh, naturally Christocentric. And so Christmas, uh, celebrating it this time of year, was uh, was a very um, anti-cultural deal where we wanted to focus our attention on the real reason for Christmas, which is Jesus Christ and the resurrection of who he is. But what's problematic now is is that the very reason why Christmas was started as an alternative, Christmas has gone mainstream where we've literally sought to X the Christ out of Christmas and Christians are getting caught up in it. And so, again, to go back to your earlier point, I think that's why any imagery of Santa Claus equating him with God is deeply problematic on several levels. You know, as you talk about the uh, early celebration of this time of year, choosing December 25th, I understand that the early church relating it to a uh, a Roman feast that celebrated the victory of light over darkness in, in the early days. And it was easy to turn this what was a pagan holiday into a Christian celebration because Christians, we believe that Jesus is the light of the world. And so the transference there was a kind of an easy thing to do. And my question for you guys is some people argue that since there are the roots of this holiday tied into paganism, idolatry, is this right for us to continue and, and have a celebration? Well, it just, just depends on what your worldview is. I mean, there there is the... The secular versus sacred kind of worldview, which says uh, divide, uh, resist, never be a part of it. But there's also another worldview that says uh, let's look at culture not as something to be avoided, but as something to be redeemed. And I think what the early church did was let's let's step into something that they're taking and using it for pagan purposes. And let's be a tool of redemption and, and see if we can turn it for God-honoring purposes. And I, I would choose the latter, and I think that's the model that Jesus gives us. Yeah, I think there was a resistance originally when this began to take place by a lot of earlier Christians who felt like we were celebrating a pagan holiday. Uh, for instance, the Puritans, uh, the early American Puritans, they uh, they purposefully went to work on December the 25th. They resisted the whole idea. And uh, I think there was a law actually passed in, in England where you could not make uh, mince pie on the Christmas holiday because they wanted to ignore everything about it. But uh, I, I agree with Brian. I think that for believers, I think it's a Romans 14 type of thing where one man, one day he, he asserts that to be a, a special day, a holy day, and another man sees every day right. the same. And then the Bible says, let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. Hmm. I, I think that as believers, if you want to refrain from celebrating Christmas, there's nothing wrong with that. 
And if you want to celebrate Christmas, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. In fact, I agree. I think it's a great opportunity to to uh, to take this holiday and to really emphasize, again, some of the fundamental doctrines of our faith hmm. and to make sure that we emphasize Jesus Christ. I think we need to be very purposeful on that um, when we preach the word of God to 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 really hammer home these essential doctrines. I agree, too, especially since when you think about are we violating some scriptural tenet by by celebrating Christmas, probably most people don't even realize there's a pagan undercurrent. It's one thing if if we've got, you know, this false pagan deity and everybody offers a sacrifice and we're all piggybacking on that with our church services. But but most people don't realize that it's, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Woden's Day, Thursday, mm. Thor's Day. We don't think, well, I've dedicated Wednesday to Woden because I named it after him. You don't even realize <laughs> the pagan root there. So probably at one time it might have been a good missionary strategy, but with all things, good strategy can lead to bad methodology over time if you allow it to get out of hand. So it's a matter of balance. Do you always keep the focus on Christ? And if you do that, you can celebrate in a lot of different ways, a lot of different traditions. If you have Christ out, you know, whether you do nothing or everything, you've lost all, everything. So one, one thing I would add to that is uh, Martin Luther, I think, was really the first one to light a Christmas tree. And uh, I think he kind of sanctified all of that and, and let Christians know it's OK to to celebrate Christ and to uh, take some of these things and sanctify them and use them for a Christian purpose. And I think he would cite Isaiah 60, talking about the glory of, the, of, of Lebanon, the glory of the juniper, beautifying my house. That was his biblical authority for lighting a Christmas tree and celebrating the coming of Jesus Christ. What has it meant for you, Carolyn, to stretch yourself? I, it's not always easy to follow Christ where he leads. Mm-hmm. You know, that we sing that song, wherever he leads, I'll go. Yes. And sometimes he leads us in places that can be challenging. And it's not always roses. Mm-hmm. Uh, to that person that is just maybe content with their Sunday church life and maybe kind of a, a mediocre Christian life. Right, and this is how I look at that, and I say it all the time, that one day each one of us will stand in the presence of God. And it won't be enough just to have him say, come on in. I'm sure that he wants to know what we did with this investment that he placed in us. Having the Holy Spirit in our lives, having Jesus in our heart is just not enough to go to heaven alone. It's bringing everybody that we can with us and being that light so that other people can follow. That provides the motivation that I need to just, it's not always easy, but just to keep going and to keep going Can I sing a little verse of a song? I'd love for you to. My mother used to sing this song, and I'm just going to sing a little of it. It goes like this. He knows the way. He knows the way. God knows the way through the wilderness. God knows the way through the wilderness. And all you have to do is follow And that has been my motivation, even in wilderness times, even in the rain, whatever situation in life that comes, God knows the way through the wilderness, and all we have to do is follow. It was Easter that we got together, and we celebrated the resurrection of Christ. That's right. You brought your guitar in, and we reflected on some music and talked about what worship was for Easter and the resurrection. Today, we're talking about Christmas. That's exactly right. As a worship pastor, we 
struggle to find that balance between presenting songs on a Sunday morning that are emotional, nostalgic, feel good, posed against songs that would create and cause and urge and invite people to worship. So there's a very big difference there. And we have longed every single week of December to not just present songs that are fun, that are nostalgic, that make you feel good, but that can connect you to God. And I really believe the bottom line about Christmas, if we could sum it up into three words, it would be God with us. And it's a huge deal that that the king of the universe would humble himself, become a man, take a cross in our place, pay our debt and give us life. And so when we respond to Christmas, we're not just responding to the manger, we're responding to the cross. It's the full picture. From the manger to the cross, his love has set us free, which is a line from the song. So we're so thrilled to be here today. And we pray that this would not just be entertaining for listeners, but it would be worshipful. Josh, we were praying before the program and I was just thinking about the different people and what they were doing, where they were at, trying to kind of visualize where people are today. And I know we've got listeners that are driving a truck, a police officer that's working the second shift. Right. There might be somebody in prison right now that's listening to us. We've right. received letters from those in prison in the past. Right. Wherever you might be, there might be an older person in life and their family's moved away and they're kind of spending Christmas by themselves. Whatever. We really want this to be a time reflecting on what it's really about. God with us. You know, Byron, you said they may be spending it alone, but just remember during this song that if you have Christ, then you're not alone. That God God is with us in that he can provide a peace that's beyond understanding. He is the Prince of Peace, Emmanuel. Precious babe, God in flesh, blameless lamb, innocent, the Son of God, to make Away. What king would leave his throne for me? From the manger to the cross, your love has set us free. You're the reason for every season, Jesus. Emmanuel. God with us, Jesus, Emmanuel. Humble King came to us as a man, took the cross. Son of God, to make a way. Oh, what King would leave His throne for me? From the manger to the cross, Your love set us free. You're the reason for every season, Jesus. God with us, Jesus, Emmanuel. Oh, what King would leave His throne for me? From 
love that made you to the cross, your love set us free. Oh, come, let us adore Him. 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 Oh, come, let us adore Josh, I believe that you wrote that song. I did. What was going through your mind? What were you thinking when you wrote that particular song? Like the struggle that I mentioned a moment ago, wanting to create an environment that is appealing and for people to come into our church, High Point Church, and and feel comfortable and at home, but to take them one step further. To not just allow them to sing songs that feel good, not just to invite them to sing songs that feel good, but to connect them vertically with our God who is with us. We were in a prayer time. Our student pastor, Nate Stewart, prayed, Lord, I believe that you're the reason for not just this season, but for every season. And that just strung a chord in my heart. And then in my priority time one morning, I was just considering that word, Emmanuel, God with us, Emmanuel, God with us. And then this concept of what king would leave his throne for me from the manger to the cross, your love has set us free. And just that concept really was alive to me that day. So we wrote it. We're really excited. Our church has connected to it already, and it's special. It's a special song for us. Kelly, take us into your home with Greg and the boys and the family. Some traditions, things that you guys do each year for Christmas? Well, a couple years ago, we started, I think Dr. Rogers, actually, I think it's his thing that he started, an ornament for a day for December 1 through 25. On the little ornament, it's a cross or it's a heart, just some kind of signet, but it, it has like the healer or the deliverer or Jesus. And then it has a scripture that we read with it. And then I have just a small little tree in the corner of our great room that is just for those ornaments. So it's really neat. We gather to pray every night. We've done that forever. But this time we add the ornament and the kids have really enjoyed it. Hey, Keith, what about you and Cindy? Traditions for your family? Actually, much the same. Cindy and Kelly are fairly close. And so they spend a lot of time making the house a very warm place 
for the holidays, and Cindy spends a lot of time with that, wants it to be very inviting for friends and family and the boys to enjoy, and so a lot of time and effort spent in doing that. They really do, and so the traditions there include that. We do very special things in and around the holidays. We have some very traditional things we do on Christmas Eve together as a family. We've always done it. I, I, I almost feel like it's out of a movie or something, but but uh, I'm, I'm sort of particular about us opening them one at a time and everybody enjoying the other one's gift they just got and things like that. So there's little things we do that are a little different for our family that we really enjoy the holiday. And, of course, our family's so large and I mean that in numbers. Um, our family is so large <laughs> that uh, that we get together a lot through the holidays. So the Inman, the you know, my mom is still uh, with us and wonderfully does a great job of still hosting um, the Christmas uh, holidays at her home. And we have some great events where we all together as our get, gather together as our extended family. So we're we're together. Uh, all of our families are together a lot through the holidays. It's a lot of fun. We have a great time. I hope that we can kind of pull back a little bit and reflect on this moment that we celebrate Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. Yeah. G.K. Chesterton said, the hand that reached up to touch the ox's nose created the stars in the heavens. You know, Jesus, the Son of God, born on earth, immersed in the struggle of life with us, and yet without sin, giving us life for us. Ultimately, this is kind of the beginning of the story. For us, it's the beginning, him coming to be with us. And yes. so I love that. We have invited some students, Kyle and Nikki. There is a group here called Lights Align. Merry Christmas to you, Nikki, and to you, Kyle. You have uh, written a song that you want to share with us, I believe. Yeah, actually, we've taken uh, a, a popular Christmas song, O Come, Come, Emmanuel, and put our own little spin on it. Come, oh, come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile until the sign of God appear.
talk about Christmas, is there any special tradition that you do in your family? My special Christmas tradition is we have an Italian Christmas every year. An Italian Christmas? Yes, sir. What does that mean? We cook a special food called Gouda Rooney and lasagna and manicotti stuffed shells and all of that good stuff. I'd like that Gouda Rooney. I can't even say it, but it sounds delicious. <laughs> got to try that. Okay, how about over here? Every year we decorate the tree, all of us together, and we go to the top to bottom. That's fun. I got two decisions. One, we always get the tree out, and we always get to do it as a family, start from the bottom to the top. And my second tradition is we always have to wake up at 4 a.m. in the morning, and we don't care how tired my dad is. We always wake him up at 4. <laughs> always at 4. We have a tradition that we always, my grandparents and my house, we hide a ornament that's a pickle and we hide it in the tree and whoever finds it gets a, another gift and then at my grandparents the parents compete for it and then the kids compete for it oh that's fun tara you know i've heard about that pickle ornament before i like that my special tradition is we always go to my grandparents for christmas i have two traditions at my church we do Operation Christmas Child and we usually do one for a girl and one for a boy every year we get an ornament for both of us and whenever we leave the house we'll have ornaments to put on our tree that year we 
Sing. 